begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the ND. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. Well, it seems my plea for feedback was a rip-roaring success because have I got some call-ins for you. First off, we've got Joe from Willow Woe. Then another call from uh, the uh, elusive R-Fed. Then a couple from Liren of updates from the middle of nowhere. Some classic Colin Spike Bit Green. A little bit of Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue. A call from uh, the legendary Soft Spoth, <laughs> the Thought Eater, the legend Frothsoff, and also a couple of messages from John Large from Red Dice Diaries. I'm particularly pleased about because one of those call-ins has inspired my next episode, so already working on a follow-up episode. Hey, what up, Spence? It's Joe Richter, man. Uh, another great episode. I always love hearing new stuff from you. And so I was just calling in real quick with, uh, you know, my thoughts on the D20 because you put it out there. I think it's great. It's serviceable. Um, but, you know, my first experiences, my first real serious experiences with gaming were D100 with Merp and Rollmaster. And so, I mean, I run my podcast is Pathfinder, so it's D20. But I love like the Apocalypse World system. I love rolling 2d6 and adding your stat. I love D100s. Like I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for the D100 system, man. So glad you threw that out there. You know, this isn't one I'll fall on my sword for. I don't live or die for the dice. So, you know, just throwing my shit out into the world. Peace out. Hi, Joe. Great to hear from you. Um... Yeah, interesting that you started out with Merp and Rollmaster. I mean, I've spoken about it before, but uh, that's where I started. And um, I always um, find it interesting that people often refer to Merp as being quite a complicated system. It never struck me in that way, uh, but that might just be because it's where I started. But, um, yeah, I've... Also found myself being drawn to 2D6 systems recently as well. Um, I maybe possibly started off with Troika, but um, I've been reading through uh, Pits and Perils and uh, and uh, a couple of other raw sets as well that use 2D6. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. But uh, as I say, thanks for your call and uh, take care. Bye. Alfred here, as always, uh, enjoying the podcast. Just listened to your recent one where you was at one point talking about D20s feeling a bit swingy. I think we've all been there where we've had good dice days and bad dice days, um, and it does feel that way sometimes. I'm uh, actually working on my own game system at the moment, sort of loosely 
based around BX um, where I've replaced the D20 with a card system so each player has got 20 cards um, as they use the cards up they go into a discard pile which they can then reshuffle after their turn if they want to or they're forced to reshuffle if they're hit but it just gives them a bit more control and it sort of makes a game within a game um, it's probably a couple of months before I get it to the table but I'm interested to see how that works to try and make it a bit more tactical some of the decisions the characters are making anyway just thought I'd let you know and uh, see if you're interested hey Arfed thanks for the call man um, yeah that sounds like a interesting proposition I'd really like to see where you go with that um, yeah and uh, the idea of a kind of a, quite a simple game within a game without complicating things too much that um, yeah could be fun I look forward to seeing it hey Spencer it's Liren it's wonderful to hear from you I loved your last skit that was hilarious I don't have a favorite version of D&D because I have never played actual D&D. I know, criminal, isn't it? I don't even remember what version of it my friend played in high school, so I'm afraid I can't give you any feedback on that one, but I'm very happy to hear you back in the airwaves. Hey, it's Laren again. I completely forgot to mention that I loved the nature sounds, and the sound of chickens in the background during this episode. That was awesome. Alright, it's magic message number three from Liren. But I just had to say, your daughter is adorable. Oh my gosh, I loved that little snippet at the end. Thank you for sharing. Hey Liren, I know you like uh, hearing my daughter in the background every now and again. And I thought that clip was quite illustrative of, uh, you know, my struggle to find um, moments of uh, peace and quiet in which I can kind of gather my thoughts and maybe record a bit of podcast. So uh, there you go. Life getting in the way there. Brown toast or white toast? Would you like brown toast or white toast? No, I'm just going to give you... <laughs> you're just going to have what you're given and like it, man. I'll tell you what, you're making me look like a nutter again on the job. It's always when I seem to be outside the front of somebody's house, cutting the hedge, I end up listening to one of your crazy, crazy episodes, man. Uh, chuckling to myself. So funny, mate. Good one. And thanks for the messages, by the way. Listen up for those coming soon to Spike Pit. I'll tell you what, I'd forget my head if it weren't screwed on. The other thing, the most important bit was the uh, little recording you tagged on at the end of the show, mate. God, it, brought a, it almost brought a, a tear to my eye, man. I, I actually got goosebumps, man. <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm such a lightweight. <laughs> Seems I've got you all over the place, Colin. Laughing like a nutter in someone's garden and then staring longingly into their bushes. Hope you're having a good one. Take care, mate. Hey, Spencer, it's Che. Um, just been listening to your latest. Uh, sorry to hear you're not enjoying the D20-based um, Castles and Crusades, man. Although, you know, you're kind of with me, aren't you, on 
D20s swingy. But I hope you're enjoying the game. Um, we can always adjust the mechanics. On the question of Holmes, BX or Beckme, uh, that's a real mixed bag to answer. Fundamentally, I think I would, gut, gut feeling, I would just go for Beckme. I would actually go and grab the Cyclopedia, which is the very complete book from Night 2, and I would try and run that. And I would suck up that Thieves are even suckier than normal. Um, but that's why I would choose BX, Thieves. Um, and Holmes is just something I'm not familiar with. If I had to have a choice, though, well, one of the things i definitely grab is OD&D for all of the game structure advice in there. Anyway, that's your answer. Hey, Che. Uh, excuse the chickens. Um, yeah, thank you for such a great answer. And I'm sorry if I gave you the impression that I wasn't enjoying the game, because I most certainly am. I'm enjoying the character and the setting and just trying to find out what the heck is going on. And... Um, uh, yes, and, uh, you know, a few good rolls, and I'll probably be singing the praises of the D20 again. So, uh, thanks for uh, running that game for us as well, otherwise, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be playing anything. Anyway, take care, hope you're enjoying the break. Bye. Hey Spencer, it's Chad again, we're going to play one of those back and forth games on Anchor, always good fun. I'm glad you're enjoying the game, um, I'm enjoying running it, it's fun, um, it's weird, isn't it? We've kind of got deep into mystery. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of glad the mechanics are out of the way in some respects. Um, that's the good thing about CNC. It, it does get out of your way a little bit. Um, I'm just sitting here prepping, mate. I'm just sort of getting my game ready for uh, for September. Um, trying to fiddle around with maps right now. Anyway, I'm really glad that you are happy playing and we're going to keep it up. And uh, all the best for the summer, mate. Bye. Spencer, it's Froth. Listening to your latest, and you asked the basic question: which, you know, of the original kind of basic style D and Ds do you prefer, and why? I'm going with O D and D, all the way. And why? Well, a lot of the things people complain about with it or criticize it for, you know, being incomprehensible and the layout, not having very clear rules or whatever, those are all like pluses in my book. I also like that you can kind of start to add the supplements to it and you end up with a kind of an AD&D light sort of monstrosity going on, which is kind of what I like to play and run. I'm still a big fan of the others. There are definitely pieces of BX and uh, in turn BECMI that I like to add into it, but if I had to just choose one, give me that original D&D. Hey Spencer, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. I was intrigued to hear your recent discussion of solo play. Now, this is genuinely something I know absolutely nothing about when it comes to RPGs. And I'd love to hear you talk a bit more about how exactly that works, how you got into it, and just generally for, for some neonates like me who don't know anything about that side of the hobby just give us a little bit of a rundown i'd love to hear that for an episode anyway thanks very much dude take care and i'll catch you soon hey spencer it's john here again from the red dice diaries just in answer to your quick question about what your favorite version of 
basic D&D was. I don't really have a favourite version of basic, if I'm absolutely honest. There's bits and pieces I like from all of them. And to be honest, I'm always getting various different versions and acronyms and stuff like that mix up anyway, which I know some people regard as heresy, but there's bits and pieces that I've enjoyed from pretty much all of the editions I've played, whether that be OSR or new versions of D&D. If I had to choose... I'd probably say the black box version, but that's just because I was probably sort of only just getting into sort of RPGs when I, I came across that, and I've still got very fond memories of that. But overall, I'm pretty easy as far as it goes when it comes to which version of d and I'm playing. Great topic for discussion, dude. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Hey, John. Um, yes, solo play. I must say I don't have extensive experience of it it's just something i dabbled in but i think i looked into it enough to maybe uh, get an episode out of it also i think i might address the basic D editions as well do a, a brief overview of that because they're um well that doesn't seem to be too clear to a lot of people as well so uh, yeah keep an ear out for that take care I do want to give a shout out to Shandy Andy. I didn't realise that he has a podcast of his own, Unguarded Treasures. Uh, last time I looked, there was only one episode. So uh, hurry up with that next episode, Andy. Also, Liren, I'm pretty sure you won the skits this week. Don't you think? Episode 11. The Basics. So... Yesterday I asked a question about basic D&D. Now, I say yesterday, that won't mean anything because I'm speaking to you from the past. You remember the past, don't you? When things were just as messed up as they are now, except we tend to believe that they weren't. Anyway, um, basic D&D. Listening to some of those responses... It reminded me how kind of confusing the whole thing is. The you know the early development of D and D, and um, it's funny as an outsider you kind of assume that it's kind of somehow entry level knowledge. But you know people come to this hobby from all kinds of uh, directions, playing all sorts of games, all different ages. I mean, I came to the hobby through Merp, um, so I didn't really know anything about D&D apart from one ropey session of Mensa Basic. But I suppose in the last couple of years, um, kind of trying to find my way back into the hobby, I've been looking at the whole hobby in a broader context and kind of really been interested in the development of D&D over the years especially when I kind of discovered the whole issues around 4th edition, uh, how that's considered by many to not be D&D at all. So I thought I would do a little a little brief history of basic D&D. Hold on to your dice bags, because here we go. So let me take you back to 1974 when a guy called Gary Gygax created a game called Dungeons and Dragons. 
this is take two. I just tried this and uh, I ended up rambling, leaving out bits of information, jumping back and forth and probably anybody listening to it who thought they understood the release of the different editions um, would probably fail an intelligence check after listening to my nonsense. So, second attempt, 1974, Dungeons and Dragons was released. It was written by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. And that consisted of three volumes, Men and Magic, Monsters and Treasure, and The Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. Now, over the next couple of years, uh, some supplementary material was released. Uh, I Hawk, Blackmore, Eldritch Mystery, and So, take three. This is my third attempt. The first attempt, too waffly. Second attempt, I just wrote down some bullet points and facts. And that was too boring. So we'll lose that. Get rid of that one. Sorry. So uh, what I'm going to do is, um, in the interests of keeping it interesting and at the risk of sacrificing accuracy I'm just going to talk so 1974 Gary Gygax Dave Arneson produce original Dungeons and Dragons now obviously it was just called Dungeons and Dragons it's later become known as original Dungeons and Dragons OD&D or I've also seen Zero D&D and um, Classic D&D. Now, this isn't the classic version that I was referring to when I listed off the versions of Basic in the previous episodes, and hopefully that will make sense when I get to that edition I was referring to. Uh, So, the original Dungeons & Dragons uh, was three volumes... It was available in a box set which become known as the white box although from what I understand it had a wood finish and in the following couple of years uh, some supplements were released uh, Greyhawk, Blackmoor and uh, a couple of others um, and as Froth pointed out combining those supplements with the original rules produced a game not dissimilar from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, um, otherwise known as uh, 1E or First Edition. Now, before the release of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons in 1978, a guy called Eric Holmes was given the job of writing introductory rules for the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons game. And from what I understand, those introductory rules were basically a simplified version of the original rules plus the Greyhawk supplement. And this become known as Holmes Basic or the Blue Booklet. I'm not sure. It may have been released as, as a box set. Um, this covered the first sort of three levels, I believe, primarily designed to ease people into Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. About three or four years after that, um, at 81, 
Tom Moldvay was given the job of rewriting the basic rules. Now, these rules were streamlined. This version of the rules would deviate somewhat from the advanced Dungeons and Dragons that was already in existence. So this is the point where advanced and basic become uh, two different entities. And um, yes, these rules were put together with a view to making it easier for people to get it to the table, introduce new players and so on. And uh, this was given a second volume uh, called The Expert Rules, written by David Cook and Steve Marsh, which kind of took it even further away from AD&D. And they would later become known as the BX Rules. Uh, There was a further volume planned called The Companion Rules, but this was abandoned when it was decided that a new version of the basic rules would be introduced. These rules were written by Frank Mensa and were very similar to the previous version of BASIC, designed to have a broader appeal for um, introducing more people into the hobby. The, The writing of the rules were simplified somewhat, and I have heard the criticism that people felt those rules kind of talked down to the reader somewhat but I'm guessing that those people were already familiar with the existing basic rules. Um, This version is um, what is referred to as the red box and it comes with uh, I guess you'd say that more conventional art with the iconic image of the fighter and the red dragon um, by Larry Elmore. So this was followed by four volumes, Expert, uh, com- The Companion Rules, The Master Rules and Immortal Rules and became known as Beck Me. Right, so I, I think this is the order of events but after the uh, Beck Me was established all those rules were available. That Brings us up to about 1985. Basically, that's how things stayed for a little while until, um, well, I'm not sure when Satanic Panic began, but, you know, it's difficult to know how much Satanic Panic affected sales because, you know, sometimes bad publicity is a good thing. But TSR decided to create a second edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. The rules were cleaned up as far as I understand. The references to demons and angels and you know anything that was going to upset the Christian right uh, was removed although I doubt anything is going to keep those guys happy. So that happened. And a couple of years after that, uh, the Beckme rules reappeared as the Rules Cyclopedia, which was just one book containing all the rules, although I believe it omitted the immortal rules, possibly because they were problematic. But uh, I don't know for sure why that occurred. Because the Rules Cyclopedia is more of a reference book 
rather than a book on how to play the game. Alongside that, a version of the basic rules were released as a box set with uh, lots of kind of bonus material included, cards and tokens and all stuff like that. And that became known as the Black Box and it was titled The New Easy to Master Dungeons and Dragons Game. But then, three years after that, another version of those same basic rules, as far as I'm aware, they're pretty much identical, um, were released as a single book called The Classic Dungeons and Dragons Game, a new primer to Rules Cyclopedia. And that takes us right up to 3rd edition, which reunited Advanced and Basic uh, believe that was released in 2000 and um well and that kind of concludes the history of basic dnd i hope that doesn't bore you as much as it, it seems to have bored me <laughs> but uh yeah hope you got something out of that and if you like a bit more of an in-depth look at those early versions of basic um, why not head over to Pete Jones's Dragons Are Real podcast where he focuses a bit more on those. There are also uh, several articles that are quite easily found online comparing and contrasting the variation in rules between those editions as well. Big thanks to TJ Drennan from Melodorous Miasma for the wonderful free-throw theme at the beginning of the podcast that's about enough from me thank you very much for listening I really appreciate those messages if you do want to get in touch if you've got a question or any feedback click the link in the description or you can always send me an email spencer.freethrow.com at gmail.com Let the dice fall where they may